is indeed that our that Jesus is our our Lord, the 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 Lamb of God that we sing about, who who died not only for us but for the sins of the world, and that Jesus will one day return and make all things right, and that is our sure and certain hope. As, as we gather these Sundays, these four Sundays before Christmas, this season of Advent, it is a time of, of preparation. It, it is a, a time of, of waiting. As the Israelites waited for the Messiah, we wait for the Messiah to come again, to make everything right. And it's, it's so... You know, God's just... He's pretty smart, God. Just knowing that we need to gather every seven days to to be reminded of that sure and certain hope. To to sing with one another. To encourage one another. to, To hear the word. To be reminded of the vision. His vision. Of the renewal of all of creation. This Advent, we're, we're looking at Isaiah's visions that he gave to the people of Israel even before Jesus came on the scene. But these same visions hold true for us. The last week was a vision of peace. The peace that this Messiah will bring when, when he comes to, to complete all that he's done. And today, it's a, a vision of renewal. It's a, a vision how, of how God promises to make those things that are broken whole. To those things that are wrong, he, he makes right. Those things that are evil, He makes good. It's His vision of the renewal of the whole earth that we need to be reminded about that that, as we talked about last week, that's the end of the game. That's the victory that we know is sure. Like watching the, the tape of our team in a game, watching the DVR of our team in a game that we know the end result of. We're, we're different people when we watch the game and we know the end. And so, too, are we different people because we know the end. We know the ultimate victory. We know that God will one day make, renew all things in Christ. And and today, we see that vision from Isaiah. That's the the vision by which we live. It's a a vision that is an invitation, not just for a, a hope like we hope we get the right gift for Christmas, but it is a sure and certain abiding hope that guides the very way that we live, even in the face of brokenness, evil, and destruction. This vision of Isaiah's renewal is in um, page 578 in your pew Bible. It's uh, um, Isaiah chapter 35. Verses 1 through 10. And you can follow along in your Bible or follow along on the screen as we hear this vision of the renewal that will one day be completed that Jesus 
and his first coming has already started. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you again for your word. Thank you for this time to gather. And we ask now, Lord, that that you would be at work through this time, that, that you would be your hope, your vision of renewal be taking root in our very soul. Um, Only you can do that. Um, Only you can really give us that sure and certain hope that abides with us even in the face uh, of the brokenness in our own lives or in the world around us. So we, we need you to be at work as we hear your word as it applies in our lives. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Isaiah chapter 35. Hear the word of the Lord. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord and the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, Be strong. Do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped, and the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless shall sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and that shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This opening picture here that Isaiah paints is is one of the desert in full bloom. Which wasn't really one that they had to imagine because periodically the desert is in full bloom. This, This is a picture of the desert in Southern California taken after record rainfalls in the spring of 2005. The desert shall indeed, when water pours upon it, break into full bloom. And it's the same case in in the Middle East with with the the people of Isaiah. The Israelites, they've been living in the desert. In the, the dry, hot desert. But when a rain would come, the desert would be in bloom. And if you don't believe me, don't believe the picture, just ask Chappie and Maribel. They lived in Egypt and they, they saw it happen, even with just a little bit. Of rain. No matter what the desert of our experiences, 
No matter what the, the brokenness that, that we experience, Isaiah's vision is for us saying God will cause the desert to bloom. He will make the, the brokenness whole again. So encourage one another. Support one another. I mean, that's verse 3 and 4. Yeah, because we know this vision is true, we know this is what God will do, we can encourage each other along the way. Strengthen the weak hands, verse 3. Make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful and of heart. This vision is an answer to our fear. Last week's vision of peace was an answer to our cynicism. This week is an answer to our fear. We, we can enter into the evil in our own lives, the lives around us, the brokenness that is around us that can be atrocious, that can be overwhelming, that we can run from in fear and trepidation. This vision God gives to the Israelites, He gives to us saying, no, don't run, strengthen one another and enter into it. Because you live by this vision and not the vision of the world that is around you. Remember, he says, the end of verse 4, here is your God. He comes to rescue. He comes to give sight to the blind. He comes to, to give hearing to the deaf. He comes to cause the, the, the lame to jump for joy and those that are speechless to shout with praise. God comes to our rescue. That is our sure and certain hope. That is this vision of renewal that will one day be ours totally and completely. And, and we have the benefit that Isaiah's hearers didn't have. We have the benefit of living on this side of Bethlehem. This side of the ministry of Jesus. For he fulfilled these. He, he gave a sign in his life that, that he was the one that was beginning the fulfillment of this vision. He was the, the beginning of God's kingdom in our midst. It was happening. The kingdom came among us and still is among us. We're waiting. It has already started and we wait for it to come to its end when Jesus returns. It was in Luke chapter 7, you know, John the Baptist was having a struggle with hope. Yeah, he'd been there when Jesus was baptized. He'd seen, he'd heard the, the Father say, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. He'd seen the Holy Spirit come like a dove upon Jesus. He'd seen and heard some of what Jesus was doing as he was gathering his disciples but what Jesus did wasn't fulfilling John's vision. This is crucial here. It's not about fulfilling John's vision or my vision or your vision or ours. It's about God's vision and God's timing. And, and it wasn't quite working how John was expecting it to work. Matter of fact, John found himself in prison. And so in the midst of that uncertainty, in the midst of that, that evil and that disarray and that malady, he, he, he got some of his friends and he said, will you just go ask Jesus for me? Go ask Jesus. Is, is he the one or is he not? You know, is, is, he, is he the one that, 
that had come from God to fulfill this vision. And the friends went to Jesus, and Jesus told John's friends, tell them what you see. Tell them what you hear. Tell them, tell him that you see the blind are receiving their sight, that the deaf are receiving their hearing, that indeed the, the lame are leaping with joy. Indeed, I am the one, he's saying to John, who has come to begin the fulfillment of this very vision. We, we find ourselves in the same place as John the Baptist. Yeah, we're, we're still in that in-between time. We want it to come to completion. But remember, even with Jesus, he, he healed the sick, even raised the dead, but he didn't raise all the dead. There are still people that died. He, he fed 5,000, but he didn't cure world hunger. He was a sign. He, the, the acts that he gave were a sign that he was God in their midst. That he was beginning and completing elements of the rescue of the whole world. But it hadn't been completed. And so he is a sign for us. That the beginning of the rescue has occurred and we're waiting for the end, and we're living in the in-between time, but we live according to the vision of its completion. We get those signs today as well. I mean, we, we, we have friends, we have folks who are healed. Uh, we have a healing service here once a month. And um, this fall, a fellow named Greg has come to the healing services. Not a member of this particular congregation. But he comes to the healing services because he wanted to be healed from his asthma. And so this last, just last month, he came back to the healing service. And, and he came running up to Gene Schneider, who's the director of care and counseling here and helps to lead the services, and said, I'm telling everybody, but I went to the doctor this month and he told me my asthma was gone. I'm throwing away my inhalers. I no longer need them. Now just a sign that we get every once in a while by God's wisdom, by God's grace, by His gift. We get a sign that yes, indeed, the kingdom of God has started. This vision of renewal has started in our midst. Not completed yet, but that's what we hope and believe and trust in. And I want to share with you just a little bit of my own healing story. Not necessarily physical healing, but a healing of our, of my heart and soul. A healing that God is doing that is available to all of us. A healing where, where God can lead us as I have experienced To begin to grow and learn love and patience and submission to authority. Submission in Christ to one another. True joy. I just want to give a little witness to the healing that God has been bringing in me for 30 years. And if you don't believe me, ask my wife. 
I've been married to her for 23 of those years. And that right there is a sign of the work of Jesus Christ because it's not in the Smith gene pool. It's, I'm not bragging. It's not an act of, of me. That is an act of God at work changing my very soul to learn what it means to truly love another. Because I'm, I'm telling you that the work of God has begun to, to be healing this arrogant soul. To begin to teach me a little bit of humility. Helping me learn to say, I'm wrong. He's not finished yet. You can ask my wife about that too, or my kids for that matter. The, the work of healing that God is doing in this arrogant soul to teach humility, the selfish soul to teach love, this demanding soul to teach patience and compassion. And again, if you don't believe me, just go ask people that I've known for 30 years. And consider yourself blessed that you've only known me four. <laughs> I kid you not, I've had people tell me to my face, I hate you. It was 27 years ago, but I remember it like it was yesterday. I've, I've been in conversations with people where I was so demanding that they were wept in front of me because they were broken. I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you God's in the healing work and I am the first to experience that, that healing in my own soul, in my own heart. And I invite you, whatever the brokenness, to come to Him and receive that same healing of renewal. For some of you, it may be something that happens in a snap. For others of you, like me, it might take 30 years for you to take a couple steps. But he's in that work. In just a few minutes, we'll have healing stations that are around, uh, that will be around the sanctuary. And I invite you to come to those healing stations, to, to ask for God's renewing power. It may be for you. It may be for another person. It may be for a business that you're a part of, your business. It may be for your family. It may be for a whole other relationship. It may be for your school or, or for all the schools. It may be for your neighborhood or maybe for our city, for our community, nation. Whatever it is that, that you are burdened with that is broken, where you see the evil that is around and you're saying, God, come fulfill that vision today. That's what I want. And seek Him. This, this, this vision is an answer to the fear that can cause us to see the brokenness and run. And one of the ways that we gather to pursue His renewal is as we gather here for communion and healing stations. To come be reminded as we taste of the table of His renewing power. Of His death for us so that we might have life. And we seek His healing presence in our lives, the lives around us, in our community. Amen.
as we have communion here, as we gather around the table together with our brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the ages and around the world, as healing stations will, will be found around us. In, invite all to come to the table to, to receive the gift of Christ, His brokenness so that we might be made whole. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, we ask now that as You've spoken to us through Your Word, that You might touch us through Your sacraments. That through these elements, uh, through Your spiritual presence in, in our midst, in our gathering, in our celebrating of this table together, that You would touch us in ways that are beyond our understanding mystical ways, rooting within us that hope with, that, that only you can give, uh, leading us in that transforming renewal into the ways of life and love and beauty. Uh, we, we need you, we want you, and we look forward to your work continuing to bring your renewing power for your glory and your honor. On the night in which Jesus was arrested, he took bread and he broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for you. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. In like manner, he took the cup and he said, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show, show forth my presence, my gift to you until I come in my kingdom. And so this morning we gather to share in the broken bread and the cup, remembering God's great gift to us. At the same time at the table was a tray and a cup because we're family. And it won't just happen here this afternoon, deacons, elders, will go to shut-ins across our city to share Christ's love with them. Let us now join together in feasting on the body and blood of the new covenant. 